Welcome back. This is Survived. With Sophie. And Lexi. We started telling our survived story <laughs> in college and we're moving on to bring you guys more. Through many different topics. Oh. And okay, guys. We just want to sincerely apologize for the delay in episode of last week. We have been learning on a new platform. It's not been going well. I'm going to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. The reason why we were giggling, no. it took us three times to record that intro. Because we were giggling. Because we thought we hit record and we were about, what, a good five minutes into the episode when I realized that I didn't hit record. Yeah, that's kind of how it's been going. <laughs> so, this has been a very interesting change. Um, so, the easiest way to sum it up is we, our main platform is Spotify and we record from Spotify. And we, Spotify was partnered up with this app called Anchor and that's how we were recording our episodes and that's... So that way, Sophie and I live four hours away from each other. Um, And it was working for us. Well, I don't know if their contract um, was done with Anchor or not, but now they partnered with Riverside, which is a different recording app. Kind of same features, but not really. It's been a learning curve, and it's been a lot of tinkering, and it's been a very painful process. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but we'll get there. Yes. So that is why our episode was delayed for many days. And we do apologize on that. We hope it that does not happen again. And please let I us hope know. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I think and we let might us lose know if, <laughs> if this audio because this is will be our first episode on this new platform um let us know how this audio sounds if it's worse better same if anything seems a little bit different that might be why um so yeah that's just to keep you guys in the loop of what's going on on our end (laughs) and bear with us we'll get there yes (laughs) So, on a more somber note, this is not really some true crime news, but it's something that just happened yesterday on February 14th, and it was a mass shooting that happened in Union Station in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm guessing it's been, you know, it's been all over the news, so a lot of people have already heard about this, but, oh, it is just terrible. It's really sad because I just remember seeing videos of people having fun and the players having fun on the bus, and then about an hour later, I see videos of people running and people being shot. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. 
And for those of you who don't know, this was during like a parade that was happening following the Super Bowl victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. And one person was killed, which was one woman, and there was about 21 others that were injured, including 11 children. So Uh, sad. Even children. Mm Mm-hmm. The shooting followed a Super Bowl victory parade from Fork, the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, the cool part about this is that when they fled the scene, the fans that were also there at the parade tackled the two juvenile suspects. So they did not get away, and they waited for the police. That's very good. They did not get away. I mean, it was two against, like, what, 20 people? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know why you thought well, that was I a hope good that, idea. Yeah. Well, I hope that everyone who was, you know, a victim in this and who was involved, you know, takes the time they need because that is a very traumatic situation to be in. And... The person who lost their loved one that day, I hope they, you know, are taking their time as well. That is so sad. Hopefully. I hope they all have a speedy recovery, and I wish them the best in life. Hopefully everything gets better after this. Mm-hmm. On a better note, <laughs> I hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. If you celebrate or not. <laughs> Lexi, did you have a good Valentine's Day? Um, yeah. Did you? Yeah, it was pretty low-key. Just made some heart-shaped pasta and watched a movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. That sounds lovely. Yeah. But, Sophie, why don't you introduce our story? Yes. So, today we are doing another survivor story. And we are going to do a survivor story about a woman named Jennifer Holiday. And this story is pretty crazy, so buckle on in. And we grabbed a lot of our information from one article... Um, written by Sherry Rose from Blurred Bylines. So we're just going to jump right in because this is a pretty longer story. So we want to make sure we get all the details into one episode here. On May 29th, 2005, Jennifer Holiday and her 18-year-old cousin, Anna Franklin, were visiting a convenience store in Lufkin, Texas. And Jennifer was an EMT. And she was 27 years old. And she just picked up her cousin Anna from babysitting that evening. And they climbed into Jennifer's car, which was a Ford Explorer. And they got back on the road. 
when they noticed a truck parked at the convenience store that was now following them. Which is a little creepy. Um, the truck driver's name was Eric Stefan Parnell. He closely drove behind the two young ladies for miles on end, and suddenly he shot at Holiday's car with a shotgun. Not just a regular gun, a shotgun. So this is when Jen pulled over and had Anne call 911 on her cell phone. Yeah. So Eric Parnell pulled his truck over with his gun in his hand and came up to the two women. And from a distance of only a couple feet, he shot into their vehicle. Oh my gosh, that is so scary. Sadly, the blast killed Anna instantly and seriously wounded Jennifer in the arm, chest, and neck. Eric Parnell then dragged Jennifer into his vehicle as she bled profusely from more than 40 gunshot pellet wounds to her body. Oh my gosh, she must have been in agony. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. He returned to her explorer as she watched him move Anne's body away from the scene and Jen eyed the shotgun Eric had left in the front seat of his truck. She thought to herself, hey, I'm fixing to get rid of the only weapon he's got. So she took the shotgun and threw it out the window and it landed on the highway. Goodness. Unfortunately, she quickly noticed several more guns that were scattered throughout his truck. What? And then Eric Parnell gave up trying to move Anna's body and returned to his vehicle, driving himself and Jennifer away from the murder scene. And then when he turned onto a back road of the highway, Jennifer considered her options. She thought to herself, should I grab this gun and use it, or should am I going to die regardless if I use it or not? So should I at least just try and go for it? You know, what do I do here? And as she thought to herself what she would do next, she noticed Eric's behavior was becoming incre- increasingly more violent. He would just start hitting me, and then he would rage, and then he would just start laughing, and she thought he was m- going mad there was something seriously wrong with him and eventually he uh, pulled over yeah. on a black on a back road and a trigger warning here so you guys can sh- um skip forward a couple seconds if you want and this is where he dragged jen out of the truck sexually assaulted her she said that when they he dragged her back into the truck, he was a completely different person. What? That's crazy. This man... I don't know what... I have mixed... I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So, 
what she means by he became a different, completely different person, um, he would start crying and then he would start saying, oh my God, what happened to your arm? And then immediately like a switch would flip and he would go back to screaming and like, you know, raging at things. And Eric Parnell was growing more and more just unhinged and angry before her eyes. But she realized she had to do something to use, like, his rage and madness to her advantage, which is good thinking. Yep. She really thought this through. She's starting mm-hmm. to think it through. So while bleeding um, from dozens of shotgun pellets to her arm, her chest, and her neck area, Jen had come up with a plan. And this is where she began to speak to Eric in a very overly affectionate way um, as he drove them through populated back roads in East Texas. She would say, that's great, that's wonderful, thank you for this good time, pretending it was really, really what she had wanted and definitely was trying to enjoy it. And she said, it was definitely working. Wow. When he talked about her wounds, she fabricated a fake story about a different man that had shot her. What? So she was trying to gaslight him. That is crazy. I wouldn't say gaslight, but she... He was such an erotic state that she was able to... To, like, manipulate him into not killing her yeah basically and also remember she had what 40 gunshot wait what yeah 40 she's bleeding profusely how can you even think straight you know even if he had one gunshot wound you wouldn't be able to think straight how is she still even alive at this moment you know that's crazy I mean, it's just, like, tiny little pellets. But still. Yeah. So, the stuff she would say to him was... She's leaking from 40 different areas. Oh, my gosh. Poor girl. Sorry. No, you're good. (laughs) The stuff she would say to him about the gunshot wounds and fabricating a fake story um she said you pick me up and we were going to take me to your house remember and apparently he would like look at her like he she was crazy and he would be like no kind of confused and then she would say yes thank you thank you so much you didn't see that guy that just shot me. That man just shot me and you were going to leave me out here on the highway. Thank God you came along and that you saved me. That's crazy. That is some next level like 
That is some good thinking. She knew how erotic he was, and he wasn't in the right mind space to be. She knew exactly what would get her through that situation, which is crazy because you never know how people like that are going to react. No. They could react on a split-second decision from their emotions. And through all of her persistence, Eric had began to finally believe the story that she fabricated. That he actually saved her from another man and he had nothing to do with her injuries or Anne's death. And she continued to thank him over and over for being her hero, but she also pressured him to allow her to use his phone. And she said, I just kept telling him, aren't you going to let me use your phone? Because I'm losing a lot of blood here. He kept saying, yeah, I see. You're bleeding everywhere. And while manipulating him, she kind of fashioned a tourniquet with one of his shirts because her clothes were gone. Remember? So... (laughs) That's also crazy. Like, I can't even imagine what she's going through at this moment. And, like, she's fashioning a tourniquet from his clothing just to save her blood from, like, from bleeding out in his vehicle. And then he initially rejected the idea of calling 911 from his home. Because he also did have multiple warrants out for his arrest. And less than a year before killing Anna and kidnapping Jennifer, he was charged with domestic violence assault and making terrorist threats. Huh. What do you know? What do you know? Sounds like a great guy. I'm just kidding. Some people. Mm -hmm. This is when Jen kept pushing and adding more details about a fake name, a fake man named John who had shot her. And she kept insisting that Eric was her hero and she needed to let, he needed to let her get medical help. And eventually, Eric agreed to take her to his house to call 911, but not before threatening her life. Jeez. So, yeah, he threatened her and said that she should stop acting bad and that she would end up like other people have ended up. And that he wouldn't be responsible for what happens to her. Which, ooh. That would scare me. That would immediately scare me. Like, what are you going to, like, I guess the only thing to do is to try to get him to help you yep might as well yeah so when they eventually arrived to his house jennifer noticed a small cemetery located in the front of the property she was very very scared but still managed to keep up her manipulation tactic going she walked inside the empty home, found his phone, and called 911. 
And this is where the operator answered, and this is where Jen and the operator started to exchange a phone call. So Jen said, somebody shot me, and this I'll be, man... I'll hmm? be the operator. Yes, I will be Jen, and Sophie will be the operator. Somebody shot me, and this man here helped me on the side of the road. Someone shot you? Uh-huh, and my arm is in half right now and this man here this man right in front of me helped me out okay where are you ma'am please hurry okay are you from this area no uh okay let me speak to the gentleman i hear in the background that's helping you okay okay i've got another gunshot wound and Same the operator one. at the time, hmm? oh, sorry. the operator was speaking to the police saying they've got a gunshot wound. Same one, same one, same one. You're the same? Uh-huh, uh-huh, please hurry. So in that telephone exchange, that definitely means the police definitely, saw Anna and saw that it was a gunshot wound victim on the side of the road like she was found and having Jennifer call 911 and report that they immediately knew especially when Jennifer said same one same one and he probably didn't even recognize that Probably such in a panic. Yeah. So by the time she was able to call 911, the police have already found her a car and her cousin Anna's body, which is so sad. And then they knew the killer had abducted Jennifer and taken her to his home. She remained on the phone with 911 operator stephanie davidson and they waited for the paramedics eric parnell made her tell stephanie on on the 911 call that only one ambulance could come to his home no police officers or no other law enforcement were allowed which is crazy (laughs) jennifer reassured him that it was no problem at all saying they're going to be so happy that you have saved my life You're going to be the hero of the day. (laughs) That is crazy that she was She probably had to force that out. Yeah. Like, oh, you just killed my cousin and shot me. And I have to tell you, you're doing such a great job. Oh, gosh. That would not come easy. No. And however, due to the massive amount of blood loss that she experienced, she became super lightheaded and faint, as one would from experiencing that massive amount of blood loss. So when Stephanie, the operator, asked Jennifer to help finding her attacker's home, she struggled to describe any kind of, you know, landmarks or road signs, anything about it. So she convinced Eric to get on the phone and actually speak 
with the 911 dispatcher. He did and provided exact directions to his house. <sighs> and this is where Sophie will be the operator again, and then I will be Eric. And this conversation, mm-hmm. this man. Do you think the paramedics can find it if it's a long driveway? I don't know if they can or not. That's why I want to walk to the end of the road. I don't know. It's right before the cemetery. Okay, they should be able to find it. It's kind of a ways out there, and it takes them a few minutes to get there. How is she doing? Is she getting faint? I know she's lost a lot of blood. She acts completely okay, but I know she's scared out of her wits. So am I because I'm the one that picked her up and I'm scared to death because I got blood from head to toe. Well, you're doing a great job, okay? The ambulance is not far from you, all right? Gosh, they even got the 911 operator on it, too. Oh, my goodness. It's so funny. So... While they continued waiting, Eric um, appeared to be believing that he was the one that had not shot Jen or Anne. And this is when Jen said he fully brought um, brought into her alternate universe to make him the hero. She said it's like he had not even remembered that he had done anything. And he really believed that the other man had shot me. He kept saying, where'd your friend go? And I would tell him, she's at the car. She didn't, um, she's at the car, remember? She didn't want to come. You were just going to bring me, remember? And nearly one hour after holiday, um, Jen had called 911. That's when paramedics finally arrived at the rural isolated property near... Luffin, more than a hundred miles northeast of Houston. However, they did not approach the home over the phone, and Davidson had told Jen to walk out of the house and head towards the ambulance. Oh, goodness. And she said when she walked outside, Eric was right behind her. I remember I tried to walk up this hill, and I wasn't sure if it was trees or something moving. And I thought, well, maybe I lost so much blood that I was seeing things. But she wasn't seeing things. As she walked away from the property, a SWAT team moved through the woods towards Eric. They rapidly overwhelmed his property and took him into custody. Good. Which is crazy. So, less than one day after the attack, uh, Eric was charged with first-degree murder, aggravated sexual assault, and kidnapping, and during the jury selection in December of 2005, he pleaded guilty to all charges and now is sentenced to life in prison. Wow. And... Jennifer survived her attack, but she did face 
um, expensive surgeries and a very hefty medical bill afterwards, as one would think. <laughs> and as a result of the shooting, she lost her job as an EMT and lost her health insurance, which I think that's so sad. With no public insurance options available, she ended up going into massive debt and couldn't afford any surgeries that she actually needed. So two years after the attack, she continued to deal with serious health issues. She said, I still can't feel the back of my hand. I can't put my hand to my face. I have no fine motor skills, she said in 2007. That is so sad because it's like she was just driving with her cousin one day when this man decided to ruin her life. And then she had to... Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And then she had to figure out a way to talk him out of it. And the part when he asked where Anne was and she had to say, oh, she's at the car, remember? Don't you want to... She didn't want to come. Don't you remember? I would have been crying saying that. Like, that would have broken me. Yeah. I don't know how it, like, I would have, wouldn't have, I don't know how she kept going after that, saying Mm -hmm. that. And not, like, just caving into wanting to punch him straight in the face. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how cookie wouldn't take over at that point at all. No. That's so sad. Oh. So, by the time um, Jen had already went five surgeries to repair a hole in her bone, fend off a couple infections from the nearly 40 shotgun pellets that were lodged into her body, there's a 20-inch scar that runs along the back side of her left arm. Um, and she said... Anything that she makes goes towards medical bills. But on a happier note, Jen had received some good news. After learning about her story, the CEO of the Memorial Hermann Hospital covered all of her medical bills for a critical surgery she could not afford. This operation restored the movement to her elbow, and before the surgery, she could not perform simple tasks such as tying her shoes or opening containers. Goodness. That would... Oh. That would be crazy to not be, you know, couldn't do simple tasks like that. But I'm very glad that, you know, someone heard her story and was able to restore her movement in her elbow. Especially, yeah, and help her out. Yeah, because she did not deserve to go through any of that. Nope. No, she, nobody ever does. And, like, men and people are evil. <laughs> I mean, women can be evil, too, but... She is an incredibly strong woman for being able to go through all of that and then somehow turn it around 
and talk her way out of it. Literally talk her way out of it and getting the guy to call 911. Yeah. That is a powerful move and that is just something that I it's amazing. Mhm. And she said, "My goal in life is to get back to somewhat as I was before. I know mentally and physically I'll never be able to go back to the job I used to have. I'll be able to do something, I'm sure." I like how she really wants to go out and do things mm-hmm. and enjoy her life. And she's like, I want to help myself. And there's ways to help myself. It's just sometimes you don't get all the opportunities to be able to do that. And I think it's really cool how the hospital stepped up and heard about it. Because obviously, that's pretty messed up that... The insurance was like, no, we can't afford you kind of thing. And it's like, well, she never asked for it. And why is she the one at fault for it when he should be? Like, he goes to prison, that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. I I mean, I don't condone manipulation, but... In no, this that's a case, good one. In this case, it was definitely needed. However, um, I do feel like Eric maybe suffered from a mental health disorder. Um, he definitely had some issues. And that is clear that someone was able to speak to him and he would believe it like that. So that is, you know, maybe saying not not everything was right in his head either, um, which is not good. But and what he did was was awful. But he definitely had some some mental health issues. I, yeah. I think that's very he, There was definitely something going on, which is extremely sad too. Um, but I think there was a huge mix of emotions going on and she was able to read the room and help the situation not escalate anymore. Mm -hmm. She knew if he kept escalating, she probably would have ended up dead. And I guess her only way in that moment was to... Like, how do I de-escalate him? How do I get him calm? And that was just to make him the good guy. Which is, that's, that's crazy. But hey, it worked. And it saved her life. And she survived and she is alive. And she's here to tell her story. Mm Mm-hmm. Yay for Jennifer. Round of applause. <laughs> well, if you guys enjoyed the story or you didn't like it, um, <laughs> please let us know. Not the story. Obviously, like, the story was good. I'm just saying, like, the recording because we already explained that this is a 
bad. Not bad, but we're struggling with this app, mainly me. But we're get we'll get there <laughs> together. But we'll get there. Um We're figuring it out. Like us on Spotify and rate us and stuff like that. And we have an email and Instagram and Facebook. Survived with Sophie and Lexi at gmail.com. Send us any case suggestions or if you have your own personal story or a survived a ghost story that you'd like to share, please email us or you can DM us on Instagram. And we'll definitely talk to you. Yes, we love when you talk to us. We'll respond. Yay. <laughs> and we hope everyone has a great weekend. And had a happy Valentine's Day. Yes. And we hope this episode is out on Friday and everything's perfect. <laughs> and working. Yes. Please work. <laughs> and this has been Survived with Sophie and Lexi. Bye, guys. Goodbye. <laughs> Whoopsie. Okay. Now it's actually recording. Okay. Welcome back. This is survived with Sophie and Lexi. to try this again okay oh my god why is that so funny i don't know okay let's let's go again (laughs) also look at my new mug nice it's brown okay anyways Welcome back. This is Survived. With Sophie. And Lexi. (laughs) We started... (laughs) Sophie. I'm sorry, I'm trying so hard. It's so funny though. Don't (laughs) worry, it doesn't help that I'm trying to hold back my laughter. I'm trying so hard. Okay, let's try it one more time. I got it. Okay. Okay. I think I'm getting (laughs) sick. I'm sorry to hear that, but. Okay.